Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. This is Tutin Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Aniva of the Burgundy and Gold Report. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, man? Well, it's going really badly for me, <laughs> and I think you can know why. And I know no one yeah. wants to hear me rant, but I'm super disappointed that my Illini managed to lose to Loyola Chicago yesterday. That really, really sucked. Ruined my weekend. But you know what didn't suck? Kyle Pitts. Tight end out of University of Florida, 4.46, oh 40 yard dash. What do you think of that, man? You know, I have him as one of my favorite prospects in this class, but you're talking about a guy who probably went, he was going to go somewhere between maybe 8 to 15, but now this guy's top five because you're talking about all the receivers in the draft right now. Uh, we saw what Kyle put his production with. Now you're saying a guy that's nearly 6'5", 230-something, from the 4.46. Yeah. I think he's yeah. got this up in the Woo. top five. So, I, you know, even, you know, a team like your Bears, you know, that might be, you know, a team just <laughs> has to think about making a move for him because he's that good. Right, because last year we had nine tight ends, so why not make it ten this year, right? Because <laughs> clearly we have no other problems to address, so we might as well get the best possible tight ends in the NFL. It's like it's like a friend of mine when we when played fantasy football years ago, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to draft every kicker, because then you guys are going to have no good kickers. And I'm like, all right, you, you do that, man. <laughs> you do that. It doesn't work in the real NFL either, okay? Anyway. Hey, we got a lot to talk about today, as there have been bunches of big signings across the NFL over the last week, um, and we got a lot to break down. Plus, we have another DIR prospect of the week. So, man, let's just go ahead and get this rolling. All right, let's hit the wide receivers first, and we'll start at the top of the list with a big one, Kenny Galladay going to the New York Giants. The New York Giants made a huge splash in free agency, signing arguably the best available free agent wide receiver in Kenny Galladay, formerly of the Detroit Lions, to a four-year, $72 million contract. It took about 24 hours, but Galladay got the long-term contract and guaranteed money, which $40 million that he wanted. 27-year-old is a legit number one receiver, at least that's what we think, coming out of Detroit, <laughs> something New York has not had since trading away OBJ. And of course, my Bears falling woefully short, offering him $12 million on a one-year contract. Wow, what the heck, Bears? But I'll rant more about that later. <laughs> Why don't you tell me, what do you think about Kenny Galladay and the New York Giants? I'll tell you, the salary was a little more than I expected. I knew it wasn't going to be the Amari yeah. Cooper type money, but you know, right. I did hear that the signing bonus was a key to him, and he got seventeen million up front. Um, in saying Ooh. that, you know, they have some weapons right now. So you know, you hear you know everybody on Good Morning Football talking about the NFC East. You know, they went from probably a joke last year to probably definitely one of the strongest, at least in the NFC all around divisions, because they're just making upgrades because you have a Dory Jackson is upgraded. He's going to be their slot corner. Then of course they brought right. back Leonard Williams and you know, that overachieving defense, you know, they added him a couple more pieces in the draft. I think the giants are a legit contender for the NFC's crown and uh, Kenny Galladay, 
This issue with him Ooh. is, you know, overall uh, speed. I like what he can do. But I do see teams in the division, uh, especially the teams that did address the defense part of it, uh, will be able to, you know, hang with him. But I think he is in a decent situation. I'm just not a Daniel Jones fan. So if they right, had a better right. quarterback, I, I, I think they, you know, have a lot higher upside. But I'm just not convinced the kid can stay healthy. So, But all in all, good move with the yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I, I felt the same way. Uh, obviously, Daniel Jones is the weak link in that entire group. But if you look at the rest of that skill group, I mean, you got Kenny, now you got Kenny Galladay. You add that to right. Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Engram. And I got to say this because I'm a Notre Dame guy, but they got Kyle Rudolph too. So, hey, you got a nice backup. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe a two, maybe a two, two tight end, but a veteran on the line, if nothing else. I mean, he's got a lot of weapons. I mean, that, that's, a, that's yeah. a pretty yeah. significant group of weapons to be, to be handed to. And if Daniel Jones can't make that work, I think we've proven once and for all that it's time to move on. Um, I, I actually don't, I might feel that way already, honestly, if I, <laughs> if I was a Giants fan. But that being said, but, you know, you can't, if you can't win with this group of guys, there is a bit deeper, worse problem you got to deal with here. Uh, so, but big, big splash, you know, Kenny Galladay, his services were up for grabs everywhere, a lot of places. Like my Bears gave them this one-year deal, um, although they undersold that one year pretty pretty dramatically. He wanted a multi-year deal. He wanted a lot of guaranteed money. He gets it. He gets it in New York. We'll see how that goes. Let's move on to the next wide receiver that uh, made a little bit of a splash, the Washington football team, signing Curtis Samuel, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, to a three-year, $34.5 million contract. Samuel gets $24.5 million guaranteed and reunites with his ex-teammate at Ohio State, Terry McLaurin. So, hey, this sounds like an interesting mix. We all like Curtis Samuel. He was kind of misused in Carolina for many, many, many games. What do you think about this move? And, and I love it because from the beginning, uh, you, you know, Corey Davis was, you know, my number one target. And after he went, although I love Kenny Galladay, as far as overall fit, like you said, the connection with you know, McLaurin, I actually have an article coming back, coming out of the OSU connection with these guys. Um, mm-hmm. It's about fit. So, you know, you get a young guy, you get him under $10 million, which next year we're going to see just how much of a bargain that is because the salary is mm-hmm. going to increase. So an under $10 million contract for three years, this is a guy that they'll be able to flex out of the backfield, slot all over the place. Because I've heard a lot, a lot of Washington fans say, well, okay, they've got the slot solidified. No, 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 not so fast. What he is is he's just a weapon. And I think that I agree. North Turner didn't use him right. And what happened is when Scott Turner, you know, took over the last four games, you did see him, you know, being used more in the backfield with tight ends, similar to how they used Logan Thomas last year. So I think you'll see Washington add more weapons in the draft, more wide receivers, more speed. Looking at teams like Kansas City as a model, because now you have two guys that are 4-3 speed between McLaurin and um, Samuel. So there's a clear effort to upgrade the speed position. They, you know, they brought back Cam Sims on a restricted. They got Antonio Gildy Golden last year. So they got their tall guys. They got their big possession guys. So I like what Washington's doing. Um, I think that another tight end will be nice in the draft. But, man, Curtis Samuel will be able to do a lot of creative things. You know, the question is, you know, what is he going to be expected to do early on? So it may take right. a couple games, might even be mid-year before we see him break out. But, you know, I definitely have him as, you know, seven, 800-yard receiver, you know, five, six touchdowns a game. But you'll see him a lot in the backfield. It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, and I, I and we'll talk more about this later. So I'll, I'll just say it. Ryan Fitzpatrick there with these two guys, yes. that could be some fireworks. They could certainly be some fireworks here. And if you guys are fantasy football players, 
I love the way that I, Curtis Samuel now makes for a very intriguing wide receiver too for all fantasy football leagues because I think there's just so much upside there. All right, let's go to the next guy on the list. It's Deshaun Jackson, who's now gone over yeah. to the Los Angeles Rams. They signed him. He's uh, Deshaun Jackson uh, released by the Philadelphia Eagles recently. They got him on a one-year contract in Los Angeles. No terms yet available, but it's likely relatively modest since the Rams don't have a lot of money to spend. And the last time, he, now keep in mind, last time he logged a full 16-game season was in 2013. That was a freaking long time right. ago, 2013. Despite that, though, he still managed to lead the league in yards per reception three times since then. So in incomplete seasons, still managed to lead the league in yards per reception three times. And in um, the last time he topped 1,000 yards was during his three-year stint with your Washington football team. Unsurprisingly, right. those were three seasons where the Rams head coach um, Sean McVay served as your offensive coordinator. Right. So this is very interesting to me, um, less so about Deshaun Jackson, more so about the fit. So what do you think about Deshaun Jackson to the Los Angeles Rams? Yeah, and, and I honestly thought he would go there last year. But for me, as long as he continues to maintain the speed, he definitely ha- doesn't have the pure speed that he had when he was coming out, but he really hasn't lost a ton. He just can't stay healthy. But, you know, yeah. saying that, like you, you mentioned McVay, McVay probably utilized him better than any offensive coordinator. And I'm even talking about Philadelphia because Washington found ways to scheme him open with Pierre Garçon on the other side. And I think with what they have going with the Rams, it's helped. If, if he can play, let's just say, 10, 12 games, that's a huge success for them. And 10, 12 games, we could still be talking about 700-plus yards for him, you know, five deep ball touchdowns, because that's what he does. He's a home run hitter. Asking mm-hmm. him to do anything underneath is out of the question. If you're going to ask him to put in the blocking game, it's out of the question. So what you're going to pretty much <laughs> yeah. see him is coming on third down. He's going to be your third down guy, and it'll be an incentive-related co- contract, and most of it will be surrounded by uh, playing time and starts, in my yep. opinion. But, you know, yep. for, for a team that doesn't have much money, I, I think that's a really good get for them. Yep, most definitely, and particularly because um, Josh Reynolds has moved along, and he's the next guy on our list, and I, I'm intentionally keeping Corey Davis after him because I want to talk a little bit more about Corey Davis. So Josh Reynolds obviously now left the Los Angeles Rams. He's been replaced, obviously. I mean, he's been kind of a, a wide receiver 3-4 anyway there, but he's now signed by the Tennessee Titans, very interestingly. Details are pretty scarce about uh, that contract, but Reynolds reportedly turned down an offer from the Chiefs in order to sign with the Tennessee Titans. So this is interesting, a little bit of a domino effect. What do you think about Josh Reynolds going to the Tennessee Titans? I like the fit because I've watched him since he's come out, uh, you know, improved his blocking ability, and I think he'll finally be with, a, you know, a good prospect in A.J. Brown that is way ahead of his years in that department. So I think, you know, between Reynolds, A.J. Brown, and what they have going over there, I think with the run game, which is still going to be the focus this year, you know, there's no doubt about it. That is right, identity. right. But I Definitely. think, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think it's a really good move um, as far as overall output. Yeah, I, I would. He would be a guy that I jumped all over in fantasy unless it was a late round guy. Um, right. But as far as fit, what they can do in Tennessee, I like it. Yeah, me too. I really do like. I, I do like the fit. I think it is something where they can use him in many different ways. And you're right. I, I think for fantasy purposes, clearly Titans still a run heavy system. He's going to be a little bit of a spot starter. I mean, we we can't. He's not going to be consistent from week to week. We saw how that impacted AJ Brown being one of the best receivers right. in the league, still just not being consistent week to week because they don't need him. Because when you have King Henry, yeah. sometimes he has to run. He runs for 300 yards. 
and five touchdowns right. or something, you know. So, so and he's getting the ball in the receiving game too. So yes, yeah, it's right. like you know, if your running back is still, they're they're basically taking you know targets away from you know guys that were there like Corey Davis and other guys, and people were judging them on that. But the fact is, with Tennessee, you know, it was the tight end, it was Brown, and it was the run game. So basically, yep. I think they'll find a way to be more diverse this year. But again, we like we said, this is not a guy that you got to jump all over in fantasy. That's right. That's right. And of course, that brings up the big news about Corey Davis, who has now been signed by the New York Jets. And of course, Corey Davis leaving the Tennessee Titans. So you can see this. We've got this nice little domino effect going on here. But Corey Davis signed to a three-year, $37.5 million contract, includes $27 million guaranteed. He'll, be, uh, he'll join 2020 second rounder Denzel Mims and the uh, reliable slot receiver Jameson Crowder in New York, and he will also join a big, fat question mark at quarterback. Because That is going to be the most interesting question to me, but let me to- toss it over to you first. What do you think about Corey Davis and the New York Jets? You know, first of all, start with the salary. That, that, to me, that's a steal. Because, again, when the salary cap goes up next year, this guy's not even going to be in the top probably 10, 12 range for salaries. And mm-hmm. I just love the fit with, like you mentioned, Mims on the other side. You know, that's exactly what I was going to get to. He's going to be the receiver that everyone needs to look for this year. The yep. question is who's throwing him the ball. Yep. I do think, and, you know, I'm starting to come around to the idea more. I think that they're going to get a godfather offer from some team looking to get to number two. You know, for a while I've been saying Zach Wilson. I still think he's the second-best quarterback. But I think Lance really blew a lot of GMs away at his pro day. So I think his stock, too, might be a little, you know, high for a lot of people's liking. But I think with the teams that need quarterbacks, they're not going to take a chance on, you know, the, after the top five or so. So I think that they're going to trade back, and they're just going to solidify that offensive line. They'll roll with Donald for, you know, the rest of the year. And I can yep. still see them, you know, maybe not the best fit, but Mac Jones, you know, that could be an option depending on how far he falls in the first round. But I think sure. that they're going to have so many picks. They'll be able to get another quarterback behind them. And if it's somehow, you know, they could, you could see Donald get that early pull this year you know, with somebody that they draft. But I think that they're just going to invest right now in that offensive line and just building that defense because the quarterback issue, they could grab one for sure. But you got to know that if they can trade back, fill so many more positions. So by the, you know, right now to me, their receivers are set. You know, they don't have to look anybody, you know, on day one or day two, in my opinion, just build that line, build the trenches on both sides. And, you know, they'll have a competitive team. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, was, I was always a fan of Corey Davis uh, coming into the NFL, and he just never really fit well in Tennessee. You know, right. it just never really happened for him. Last year, his best year, and even in that run-heavy scheme, he still had 984 yards, five touchdowns. So clearly he has the capability to fit into uh, a scheme which allows him to get more looks, get more opportunities. I think going to the Jets is a great idea. I love that idea of sticking with Darnold for another year. There's no reason to get rid of him right away. I mean, I'm still on the fence of whether he's a long-term solution, but he certainly is not a bad, you know, part-time solution. I mean, at least for now. And if you're not getting Trevor Lawrence, and, and listen, I, I hate Clemson as much as anybody that doesn't come from Clemson, but Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, I think. I think if you get him, that's great. Anybody else? I think there's some questions. I think there's some questions yep. out there. So, you know, why, why I love the idea of trading back, solidifying an offensive line. And maybe, you know, take a swing at a, at a quarterback late in the first or sometime in the right. early second and see how it goes. Because you're right. you got your wide receivers. you got Corey Davis. you got Denzel Mims. you got Jameson Crowder. Um, that's, that's all set, you know, just 
set up, if you got to find the run pick piece to slide on in there and then you're good to go. All right. So let's turn on to the, uh, the last wide receiver signing quote unquote that we're going to talk about today. And then we're going to talk about some wide receivers who are still out there, but the Pittsburgh Steelers re-signed Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year $8 million contract. This is interesting to me. It's clearly a prove-it deal after an underwhelming age 24 season for Juju, but it's, it's, you know, his, he underperformed mostly due to bizarre usage because they really kind of used him as right. a possession receiver only. And it's interesting how he's going to actually prove it. You know, I'm using air quotes here. If he's going back right. to the same Steelers, using him the same way. I mean, the Chiefs, and the Ravens reportedly gave him similar deals. I see a lot more upside with him going to the Chiefs or the Ravens. Um, but he decided to come back, give it another run of Big Ben. Um, what are your thoughts of Juju Smith-Schuster re-signing with the Steelers on a one-year deal? Well, well the one-year deal, I think, you know, his agent probably justified. You know, they didn't want to get into anywhere where there'd be two, three years because, with again, I'll be redundant, but the salary cap going up nearly $30 million next year is going to be appealing. Um, in mm-hmm. saying that, I, I, I think he made a big mistake because I think I see Pittsburgh, you know, going nowhere this year. I think they're going to be, go back dramatically. I think yep. Big Ben is going to get hurt early on. And my our old buddy Washington fans, Dwayne Haskins, is probably your backup there right now uh, with uh, what else they got going over there. Um, so I just, you know, I like what they have going on in defense over there. But I think their offense is a disaster. Uh, Villanueva left. Uh, Pouncey retired. Um, mm-hmm. Their offensive line, if they don't dedicate this draft to the offensive line and maybe some skill positions, they're going to be in trouble because they're letting Connor walk. Uh, right now, right. their running backs are just not impressive to side these veterans. And, you know, since they were doing it for years now, just try to plug in somebody, they really have to invest, you know, some draft capital in building back this offense because, at this stage in his career, you know, Big Ben is not going to just make stars out of all these other guys. I like their receivers. I like what <laughs> right. they have going on. But he's right. got to get protection. So build that line up and then, you know, go from there. But I don't think this is going to be a very good year for Pittsburgh at all. So I, this was a right. bad move, in my opinion. Totally agree. Totally agree. I don't think he should have gone back there. I, I personally, if he, I were him, I got a one-year deal with the Chiefs and Ravens. I would have taken that instead. All right. right, let's go ahead and hit the bell on that part of this show. Go to the free agent wide receivers who are still out there. I got two in particular that I'm thinking about here. Adam, first, Sammy Watkins, still out there, but he's now visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and then he, after that, he's scheduled to visit the Indianapolis Colts. So what are your thoughts about Sammy Watkins, where he should go, what's his fit, and what's his outlook? Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised that if, if a team gives him a legitimate contract before the draft, because, you know, with this draft being so rich in receiver, you know, we're talking about all the way to, you know, fourth with fifth round. I see guys that can come in and be starters at, you know, some certain right. wide receiver positions. So right. I'd be surprised. But, again, we heard earlier that, you know, there was talk of Kansas City giving him three years around $16 million. That's not yeah. a little surprising to me, and it's Ooh. not official. But um, if he can get that, I definitely see him returning to Kansas City. Um, right. But right now, I wouldn't be surprised if it's – because you got to understand, a lot, at, during this time, agents are putting a lot out there. They know the draft is quickly approaching. So if he's going to get it, it's going to get done in the next couple of days. Otherwise, I could see you know teams wait until after the draft. Because if, they do, if he does that, they'll definitely lose some money. So I think he'll sign with one of the teams you mentioned, probably, even if it's a one-year – 15 million guaranteed I could see him doing that but uh, I'm right, just not right. I'm not a huge walking fan to, to be honest with you 
Yeah, no, me neither. And uh, I was a Watkins fan when he started off in Buffalo, and it just really didn't go anywhere after that. Uh, and, of course, injuries also all kind of plagued his career. Of course, that second team he's visiting, the Colts, has their own uh, they have their own receiver issues now, T.Y. Hilton uh, on the fence about whether they're going to get him back or not. Um, he had a little bit of a letdown year last year, um, but, you know, then the team out-succeeded itself. So they were pretty successful, essentially, without him. Came on strong at the end of the year, though. What are your thoughts about T.Y. Hilton? Man, I really like him. Um, to be honest with you, I'm a little surprised. I thought a team would have probably snatched him up. I think this definitely is, is a money issue. Um, I've heard, you know, they looked at Samuel contract, but the thing is he's a lot younger and with a lot more upside. I think a lot of people are thinking Hilton is definitely on the down part of his career and maybe mm-hmm. one, two decent years left in him. So right. I think that he's definitely someone that better just signed because after the draft's going to hard time. You know, with the way Philadelphia has been going, you know, I, I understand that they got Rieger in the draft and some people might look at Rieger and him, you know, close. But I think T.Y. Hilton in Philadelphia just makes too much sense to me. You know, with Fulgham, what they have going on over there, I think they'll address that position early in the draft. Either they're going to go with Pitt's tight end, which I hope not, or, you know, one of the big-name receivers like Waddle um, or any of those guys. So, in the end, I think that that is probably the best landing spot. But, again, it's, it's really going to come down to, you know, what is he looking for. But I think it's a one-year deal for him probably in Philadelphia. That's going to be my guess. Yeah, I would actually love to get T.Y. Hilton on the Bears, and I'll talk more about the Bears a little bit later because they make me sad what they're doing right now. But, you know, <laughs> T.Y. Hilton, I think, would actually make me a little happy. And I still remember actually watching T.Y. Hilton playing at Florida International and the Beef O'Brady Bowl in 2011. They called him T.Y. Goodbye because it was so freaking fast. I remember seeing him in that bowl game going like, this guy's got, you know, he's got wheels, man. He's, he's got wheels, and he runs good routes. And uh, I thought, how come I haven't really paid much attention to him until now? Uh, and, you know, he's kind of he's proven to be a real mainstay in the NFL. Okay, let's turn to the uh, other position that's really interesting. And we're going to start with the aforementioned Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been signed by the Washington football team, formerly of the Miami Dolphins. He's been signed to a one-year $10 million contract. Apparently, another $2 million is available through incentives. And uh, Fitzpatrick has noted uh, publicly that he'll be competing for the starting job. No one's handing him the job. He'll be competing with Tyler Heineke. Of course, Heineke got just $8.75 million for two years, so it seems pretty clear to me who the Washington management want, uh, expects to win that competition. But what are your thoughts with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Honestly, you know, there's been a lot of uh, Washington fans who, you know, have continued to complain about, you know, because the narrative is the turnovers. That's the the narrative that everybody says with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But just like any free agent Washington gets, I'll just go back and look at the tape. And with me, what it comes down to is the guy is just all about the moment. And there's not many quarterbacks out there that embrace the backup role. But, you know, I heard him talking uh, with Ross Tucker. It was a great episode. Definitely, you know, check it out, um, Ross Tucker's show. They were talking yep. to him about, um, you know, what was it like? Because he really was not given a chance. And Buffalo probably was one of the chan- few chances he got. And after that, he just said he embraced his role as, you know, somebody that could come in not just to be a backup, but to really – become a locker room leader. And I don't know about you, but I have not really seen too many backups in my time um, that have came in and just demanded as much respect that he has, especially with Miami. You know, you right. had two situations last year with Miami where they pulled two out of the game. And, you know, one that we, we shouldn't forget, that Raiders game, and I mentioned in my article where uh, they were down by two points. Uh, they were started their own 21-yard line with 20 seconds. 
you know, that was the notorious, you know, face mask play. Yes. The Raiders grabbed yes. the face mask as he was throwing it. Uh, he yes. did get a tight end Gusecki downfield. They got to the 41, yeah. but they still that weren't in great. field goal range. They were at the 41, uh, but the flag came out. Put him in field goal range, kicked the field goal. One second, it's game over. Yeah, You know, that's it. the thing. The, the issue is if you're going to say he's a turnover machine, he's, you know, not a gamer, I say point to that. You know, if you listen to the guy – in the last two years, he's changed the way he's played. You know, the whole gunslinger mentality that I've been preaching is something that Washington maybe needs. But what he also has done is he's also taken a lot what's been given to him underneath. And I think yep. that's why Washington is a perfect fit because when you have, you know, players like McLaurin, now Samuel, you know, yep. Antonio Gibson is going to start yes. to put more people, you know, more fans on the map, especially in fantasy next year. Uh, yes, because he, coming out as a straight receiver, they used him a lot as running back. They'll have him and McKissick. But you'll see that once they have that established for him, you know, you talk about check downs. Washington has the ability to take checkdowns for 50-yard touchdowns. So, to me, Fitzpatrick doesn't have to come in and be a 300-yard air it out all game, but he's going to do it two, three times a game. And I'll just say this one thing about Fitzpatrick. He right. finished, uh, I think, those seven-game stretch to end that season. He was number one in the NFL for deep ball percentage, and he was number three for off, uh, what was it, off uh, off-target percentages on long balls over than 30 yards, third. Wow. For the last okay. seven games, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in long ball passes. And, you know, anybody can go back and forth about what he did and can't do. But, man, he last 16 starts, 4,414 yards, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions yeah. with a 65.2 completion rate. I think oh, Washington, yeah. this is the best that they were going to get right now, so I'm happy. You know, I am. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Everywhere he goes, I root for any team he plays for. So I guess I'm going to have to root for for Washington this year. But he he is fun <laughs> to watch. He is definitely a gamer. He makes any he can make all sorts of things happen. So it, are, understandably, sometimes he implodes and it's like a three or four turnover game. But the fact of the matter is that at any point in time, there's very few quarterbacks that are like this. At any point in time, he can bring you back. You know, he can bring right. you back. He can fire away and get get it done. Not a lot of quarterbacks are like that. And I'm gonna. I'm going to, now I'm going to compare him. I'm going to contrast him to the Chicago Bears signing Andy Dalton, okay? And yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to say this because um, this is how I felt about the I'm entire sorry. thing. Formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> everyone knows. One year, $10 million contract. That sounds familiar, exactly what they're playing. Fitzpatrick, another $3 million available through incentives. Like I said, all I can say is, yikes. I'm not sure how Dalton is an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles particularly with essentially only a disgruntled uh, A-Rob to throw to. Maybe he got a little bit of tight end action. Cole Komet last year uh, was, was pretty good uh, coming in his first year. There's not much else you can do. <laughs> and Andy Dalton right. wasn't good when he had a good set of targets in Dallas. Now he's coming to the Bears. Um, man, I, I, obviously I hate the move, and I'm a Bears fan. What are your thoughts? I'm confused with what Chicago is doing because, and I just heard a rumor a couple of days ago that Anthony Miller is on the trade block. Yes, Explain that he to is. me. I, I think he's one of the most underrated receivers that nobody's talking about because they're trying to put everything in for Allen Robinson. He's pretty much showing he does not want to be in Chicago. So, I, you know, I understand why teams do it. You know, Washington is doing it with Brandon Schreff right now, and he doesn't, it seems like he just wants more money. But to me, with Robinson, he doesn't want to be there. So I, I think Chicago is focusing way too much on him and not the yeah. rest of the team. And, you know, we were joking about the tight ends, and I agree. I love Cole Komet. 
But, man, having a tight end, too, can really do a lot more than, you know, what he brings to the team. Because I think when you have a guy like Dalton, you're going to need those check down tight ends. You're going to need the short stuff. Because he's not going to get it downfield. So, no, you know, in not. the end, Andy Dalton, <laughs> he, he, if, if he is a presumed starter, which I, I think, I guess he is, I wouldn't yes. expect him to last much longer. This is, this is probably the last stop in his career. Yeah, which sucks because we're giving him $10 million to probably ride the bench for about half a season. And he told everybody, he told the media that he was guaranteed the starting position. That's why he went to the Chicago Bears. And he's one, he was, oh, nobody was more excited than he was when the Russell Wilson rumors went away. But, oh, my goodness, you're swinging for Russell Wilson, hoping to get maybe Deshaun Watson, and you end up with Andy Dalton. It's like, what in the world just happened there? Biggest punks ever is what that was. <laughs> Biggest punks ever. I felt totally punked. Anyway. Listen, um, I could go on and on about it, but something more interesting than that is that time. It's that time, everybody. <laughs> That's right. DIR, classic of the week. What do you got for us this week, Adam? All right. Yeah, our diamond in the rough small school guy tonight is uh, Quintero Cole out of Alcorn State. Safety, 6'3", 190. Uh, he's a two-time HBCU All-American SWAC All-Conference First Team Honors. Uh, he finished uh, the first year. He did not record an interception, but the following three years, he actually totaled seven interceptions. You know, this is the typical, you know, new wave strong safety we're seeing. Um, not the box safety guy, 6'3", 190 mm-hmm. again. Plays bigger than he is. He plays to his size. Uh, lean build, but not skinny at all. He has an NFL frame that, you know, he could definitely level out another 5, 10 pounds. But I really like this guy in, you know, uh, a zone scheme, probably a cloud system, because I think that if you're going to isolate him, you'd be in trouble. But I think if you have a good defense, Seattle is a perfect you know fit for this guy. We're talking about that six three right. big corner safety they're looking at. You know he was using the slot, he was using deep center field, uh, he was used around the line. So you know he definitely is one of those all around good guys. You know uh, most experts have him in that day three range around that fifth round you know pro, uh, area. But I think teams looking for, you know, some coverage help, especially a guy that can really lay the wood, you know, around the line of scrimmage. Quintero Cole, Alcorn State, you know, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I'll definitely have an article coming about on him soon because I think he's a, he's a must-have for, you know, any team this, in this draft, especially if you're talking about day three, fifth, sixth round. That could be yeah. a diamond in the rough right there, man. Yeah, well, that's a great one. That's terrific. And anybody, there's a lot of teams looking to improve on defense. So totally, totally somebody to keep an eye on. And, of course, let's hit the – Air horn on the show. It always goes so fast. That's all the time we got this week, everybody. But, Adam, anything you'd like to promote, promo this week? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting back into the swing things. We did the Doc Walker special. That was special to me. Oh, I, I really I got to thank you for that. And so, you know, I, I've met a lot of great people after that. You know, i uh, got a lot of other shows. But, um, you know, coming up, we're, we're, we're approaching draft month. You know, we're only a few days away before we're going to get to April um, yep. We're going to have a lot more draft contact coming out. Uh, the BurgundyandGoldReport.com. Uh, we're going to have our, our Nick Bolton player card dropping tomorrow uh, with my contributor, Paul. You, you know, everyone that's a Washington fan or just a draft fan needs to check it out. As always, we'll continue to have Washington content, but right now it's about the prospects. So, again, the BurgundyandGoldReport.com. We're going to have new player prospect cards. Uh, in that, we're going to have full evaluation, full highlight rule, uh, real excuse me um and just follow us on twitter at the bng report man that's right everybody go check it out if you are a draft fan there's no better resource for you check it out it's not about just i mean if you're a washington fan definitely go there you should you should be ashamed of yourself for not checking it out already if you haven't (laughs) already checked it out but if you're a draft fan 
go check it out, theburgundyandgoldreport.com. Lots of great info there. And there we are, you know, Whew, another episode in the book. You can follow always me good. at FB Garbage Time. Yeah, it's always good times over here. Always good times, and we make it nice and quick. Thanks again for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week, because I certainly won't. LP. The Bears have run out of money, and they spent it on Andy Dalton. Oh, boy. What a mess. What a mess. Oh, boy. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we are the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.